Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 77 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Sharon Denadel from Within Temptation discusses her first band, and I recommend the Oregon Doom band Poet. Before all that, I welcome Cammie Gilbert onto the program. Cammie is the vocalist of the Texas prog doom band Oceans of Slumber. On September 4th, Oceans of Slumber will be releasing their self-titled fourth album. Cammie and I discuss the album, the band's cover of the Billie Holiday, Abel Mirapol protest song Strange Fruit, Vulture Culture, her life during the coronavirus, and a lot more. So before we dive in, here's some of the lead single from the upcoming Oceans of Slumber self-titled album. This is A Return to the Earth Below. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Sorry, I'm just poking at some audio stuff, so I'm slightly distracted. No problem. How is uh how's your afternoon been so far? It's been good. It's been pretty chill hiding out from the crazy weather. What's going on in the summer in Texas? It's been a while since I've had one. It is really hot and humid, and we've, we're in, like, our monsoon season. <laughs> oh, I don't miss those. I used to live up by uh, Waco, or I think in Colleen, Texas. Are you familiar? Uh-huh. Yeah, my dad was stationed up there, so it's uh, it's when I was a kid. I don't miss tornadoes and their, mm-hmm. that whole thing now, but I fear earthquakes every day instead. So it uh, seems oh, like gosh. a lateral move over here in California. Yeah, I don't know. I've never experienced a, an earthquake. That, that seems like way bigger but i i mean they're both probably pretty scary it's like a tornado you're like oh run but an earthquake you're like i can't get away from anything my one experience with an earthquake when i was aware of it i was standing in a doorway talking to a friend of mine and just kind of felt like it sort of felt like i was dizzy for a second and then Uh they gave me a weird look and i'm like oh you too and then we're like (laughs) oh earthquake but tornado i mean me and my neighbor and my mom huddled into a, a a bathtub and just you know hope for the best yeah you're just like let's all lay with this mattress over us exactly good times we share some trauma yeah, good yay good times. uh how is your uh your covid19 in houston been um we are acting like nothing's wrong oh good good <laughs> everything is open uh people are socially distancing ish uh we just mandated mandated wearing mask again but only till the 30th so not sure what that's supposed to do that's like a week (laughs) yeah it was from the 22nd to the 30th so really aggressive uh protocols um that's that's kind of it we see restaurant but you don't have to wear a mask if you're eating you can still eat at the restaurant. Of it course. really didn't make a lot of sense. We're losing some testing sites because the president thinks that 
too much testing's happening. Yeah, isn't that insane? I, I don't <laughs> understand that at all. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. if you hide from the results, then you don't know the results, right? Right. So that's that's that. Good we've time. been saying <laughs> more I mean, good we, times. <laughs> we've been acting the same since the beginning. It it was like we go to the grocery store, we get gases we need to. I've been working from home. Our little girl is not in school. We're talking about homeschooling her. We don't plan on having sending her back to school because the the kids aren't going to wear masks. Doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so we, we've been staying to ourselves and being cautious. Uh, if we see family, it's like we see the same family and everybody has had the same habits. We test temperatures before we go to see them, and then otherwise, it's like we're not like socializing or we're sure as hell not trying to go out and eat or whatever the hell that's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So. Who knows what this means? <laughs> <laughs> so you've been able to, you said you've been able to still do work from home. Uh, how, how have you been keeping busy otherwise? I've taken up gardening. Uh, oh, what are your crops? Or I you? have all sorts of, I've met and cilantro and rosemary and some stuff. I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> growing and I know I'm supposed to be able to eat it. I lost all my, <laughs> I love nature. I lost all of my tags, so. You're just now hoping for to, the best when you start getting I sprouts. I like rever reverse image lookup. <laughs> uh, and then we go to his dad's and they have ducks and chickens and huge garden, like, like rows of corn and stuff. So I've been learning there and then I come back and try and do what I can on my small, our small scale for our, our city house here in Houston and. That takes up a good time. We have the animals. I've taught the dogs to like high five and roll over and fetch. And then lots of reading. Lots of reading and history mm -hmm. uh, stuff and music. Endless amounts of music. I watch Dauber. Watch, I watch him watch gear videos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he works on all the new stuff for Necrofire and Malignant. And so obviously I get to be privy to all of that and I like watch, I like being in like, you know, the recording studio. So it's in our house, but it, it's just something to be around when people are recording. That's special. So fill my days. And then we have Annabelle at homeschool. Obviously it's summertime now, but I think kid is obviously a full time. <laughs> How was uh, your experience homeschooling? Cause I don't, did you do that before at all? My mother was a teacher for 25 years, oh, okay. uh, and so she instilled in me a good amount of managing schoolwork at home. Annabelle's in kindergarten, so we're just really lucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're learning shapes and numbers, cool. so we got by pretty pretty easily with that. Uh, we did Google Classrooms, and that was neat, and that helped. I mean, I, I like it. I feel like this. In a way, you, you got to kind of get off the grid a bit more and the expectations of, of a big social life helps you kind of, I mean, no one's making plans, so you're not getting pulled in a bunch of different directions and you get to kind of pull in and focus on your home and focus on your life, and focus on yourself. And so, you know, it's, it's more time for reading. It's more time for getting back in touch with nature, it's more time for organizing or kind of cleaning out any kind of clutter 
and then you get to kind of reestablish you know we extended our bedtime routine so now it's a longer bath and a story time and you know you you did make more of these instances because you're not being drawn or pulled away and so that's been a positive side of it i'm a introvert and a house gnome anyway so house gnome i'm, I'm not her house gnome i'm all i don't have to go outside you can't make me i'm driving <laughs> my house leave me alone don't make me leave the house so i don't know i'm, I'm gonna have to be the one like kicking and screaming and crying with the readjustment they're all you have to go on tour and it's all what do you mean what do i do living in the house that long let alone leaving the country but no i miss touring and i miss performing live like that hurts my soul well, I'm sorry to disturb your uh, introvert ways by chatting with you today. Um, no, the chatting sign. This is great. This is my kind of so- like. Yeah, you want to call me on the phone? Yeah, hang out. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, how how is it releasing an album right now for you? Because between COVID and a lot of the demonstrations going on, promotional stuff is just kind of gone. Like it's just in a whole different world right now. I think it's a lot more loaded. Obviously, there's always a lot of anxiety and trepidation when you approach a release. or like, what's that going to be like? And what we're going to do? And what are those campaigns look like? And we have a really good team this time around to kind of navigate and help us figure out what we want to do. But everything, everything, everything changed. But at the same time, everything went online a lot more. It's like the audience is still there and they're even more plugged in than maybe they would have been before because now while you can be home doing a number of things, you can also be at home being on your phone a lot more. And so the the timing the timing and the theme and the songs it's like it unfortunately unfortunately, unfortunately, they are very timely and they fit the the mood of what's happening right now it's like we don't make just happy-go-lucky music you know we're not trying to like just be in constant pursuit of everybody like having a good time it's like we make serious music we make heavy thematic music that we i don't know it's it's it feels better in some ways or it feels fine in some ways because it's like there's so much there's so much that i always want to say when our songs come out but because of the mode of summer and people are like traveling and vacationing it's like they don't want the bring down they don't want all your depressive introspective dark uh, ideas on everything and so i feel like right now every it's like the world reflects more our artistry and there's a a tolerance and a an openness to examining and people validating those negative feelings and so we we have something for that and it's not like a remedy but it's like it's a catharsis and it's a, a way of it's like you you have this new music but it's not new music that doesn't feel like it doesn't fit it's like it's serious there's a lot of fucked up shit going on and we've made dark and serious music to go with it i guess it's terrible i i can see the uh the double-edged sword of that sort of thing um why did you choose uh, a return to the earth below as the first single for the record? I don't know. Okay. Dauber thought between the label and then Dauber and the, it's not like necessarily a band decision. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we felt like it was going to be it was the most en- encompassing of what lays ahead it's like you, you across the album and for a band like us our songs don't all sound the same like we know that about us and so what we try and do is choose a song that is going to be the best preview of what's to come and not isolate too much of a singular sound like if we were to pick an acoustic song or obviously we can't we're not gonna pick like a cover even though there's a cover on the album to do like we felt like a return to up below was it was gonna be hard hitting it's gonna have a good message it's gonna it's gonna you know it's gonna have an impact and it's it's just a, a overall badass heavy song but I, you know, we, we wanted to come out with a bang. We wanted to showcase the whole spectrum of what we were going to be getting into. And so it was it was chosen amongst other reasons. I mean, obviously, the label has a lot to do with right. <laughs> what we decide. <laughs> and you mentioned the uh, the cover on the album, uh, Wolf Moon, Typo Negative. It's one of my absolute favorite songs by them. And I love Typo Negative. Why that song? And uh yeah, because like I feel like I have not heard it yet, but you're you're the like one band that could do typo negative right. <laughs> I love that song. That's my favorite typo song too, and it's so naughty and gritty, and it, it's it, it's such a sleek, sexy song. And at the same time, you could not know anything about what he's talking about, and you're like, oh, it's a song about like werewolves or some shit, or you know. <laughs> But it's, I, you know, we we like, we love Typo Negative. We, we, you know, how cheeky for a female-fronted band to do that song. And so we did. And I, I, I love, you know, obviously I can't get anywhere close to the register. We, uh, like, Pete still sings in, but I like, you know, I have a lower, a lower register for some songs. And I, I mean, I, I, I love it. It's my at the what is it, like one minute 27 second mark it's like i growl i, I did that ooh. <laughs> i'm like I did it there harsh vocals amazing but it, i love that song it's it's we did it live uh, a few years ago with Lindsay from Lindsay schoolcraft mm-hmm. and she played piano and and sang with with us live and we're like we have to put we have to find a way to put this on the album like it's such a cool fucking song and and it, it just it fits our vibe so well. But yeah, we're super we're super excited to to have had it made it on make it on there. Well, like I said, I've not heard yet. I'm really looking forward to it. I I have no doubts that you guys nailed it. But is there has ever been a cover that you attempted to do that just did not work out? Like either you got completed studio track done and it was like nah, or you just couldn't get off the ground that you really wanted to do. And if so, what song? Uh. Yes and no. It's like we 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 have so well. It, I was like it's fully yes. Like we we have a lot of covers planned, and sometimes you know they get worked out amongst the band because we obviously want to make it our own. And then some with the different instrumentals and stuff, we have to figure out ways to like translate it. And I would say, with the changeover of the lineup, that definitely did that. There were definitely covers that then have to get reworked or uh have to get looked back into and didn't quite make it off the ground um 
like my mind went blank. There's, I don't even, I don't know. Like I, I have to ask Dauber if I'm even allowed to <laughs> spoil his surprise for, for what covers. Um, no, I get it. It's all mystique. Yeah. No surprise. Mo- most certainly there's, there's more planned. I mean, like right now, like we, there's a, a Donnie Hathaway song that we want to do. There's a Nina Simone song that we want to do. Obviously we like, taking these dark kind of gospel or dark soul songs and bringing them into like this metal realm because I feel like it serves them so well and a lot of the same emotions are there and so to kind of give them like a modern angst I think that that it's it's something that we excel at. I like that you're you're probably exposing a lot of metalheads to Nina Simone or uh, like Billie Holiday with some of your covers who wouldn't be aware of it otherwise. And I think that's really, really cool because, I mean, some bands just wouldn't go that direction at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you, you did a cover of Strange Fruit um, that came out, I believe, early May. Have mm-hmm. have your feelings about the song changed now that, you know, all the Black Lives Matter protests are going on and just like the it seems to resonate even more so than it did just a month and a half ago? Yeah, absolutely. That cover was originally planned. We wanted it to come out in February for Black History Month. But due to like all the legality and copyright stuff, we, we didn't really have the clearance. And so we had to wait. And in waiting, it only amplified the message, obviously, mm-hmm. that we wanted to push behind the song. And so when it did come out, it was like, good, like this is needed. And this is this is relevant. And this is why this song doesn't need to get buried and doesn't need to be like forgotten that the the sentiment for something like that it's like I, i've heard that song so many times and i grew up with that song that even when we recorded it and covered it and made the video it was in one place that now it's so emotional to to sing or to think about it and, and even listen to like our cover and it's the same with like a uh there's a sam cook song donny hathaway um, there's so many of these black Black Lives Matter songs, you know, great way to put them mm. or put it that are so they they hit so hard now and they hurt now because you see it in your time and as a black woman, I can attest is like I felt so far away from a time of Jim Crow and slavery and the things that you learn about in in history books it felt so far away and then you do the math and it's like you knew it was close but it didn't feel close it's like i knew that my it's like my my grandpa could tell me what it was like growing up in mississippi and it wasn't anything nice and my and i knew my great grandma that's who i'm named after and she could you know had all sorts of stories but it still felt so far away. It's like the lack of reverence that you have for your grandparents sometimes as a little kid and they're talking about stuff and you're like, okay, grandpa, like, Ugh. but it's like these things catch up to us and the older you get, the I feel like the time gets framed differently. It's like it stops moving quite as fast as when you're little and so then you can pay a little bit more attention to the disparities or the differences and how things are conveyed and then when they actually happened and it's, it's been so it's been so hard to learn a lot of new elements to black history that are just terrible 
and they're not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And so when we have something like Strange Fruit, and it's it's like why why these songs need to be timeless, and it's like why every year somebody new just needs to cover them, basically. It's like these things need need to be remembered, and I feel like music is the kindest way to help people remember very unkind things apart from, you know, the videos and things that you get, the old timey videos and stuff that they like, the documentaries and stuff like that. It's like music helps you infuse it into your long-term memory and like your day-to-day life in a less harsh way, but still give it that reverence because it's like the whole mood comes with that. Like you can watch a film and not feel as emotional, but it's like you can't hear a song like that and not feel the emotion behind it. And did you have any um, sort of intimidation going into that song? I, I watched a, a short documentary about the song and even Billie Holiday had, uh, was nervous about performing it out of fear of repercussions. Um, did you have any sort of reservations yourself or have you, I mean, unfortunately revealed any shitty oceans of slumber fans because of it? Um, not oceans of slumber fans. Obviously it's just people that would have come across the video. I mean, the very first video that Oceans put out for winter, I got called a racial slur on it. And it's like, oh, just right out of the gate. <laughs> like, here we go. Ugh. That there's animosity. And it's it's like, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's like, I guess they're metal heads or metal fans because they are in this realm to come across these videos in the first place. But I attribute a lot of it. It's like, they're trolls or they're bots or, or whatever that I don't I don't look at comments like that and be like that's the average metalhead by any means because it's not and I choose not to believe that it is and I haven't had an experience that makes me feel like it is and so with this song I think I've kind of operated in a place my entire life of doing something first and then thinking about the repercussions like later or not at all it's like I, I want to do a thing that's what I want to do and I'm going to do it. And it. And if I was worried about what people were going to think, then I wouldn't have done it, I guess. But it's like, I'm not worried about what people are going to think. It's like, this is what I want to say, and this is what we want to do. And it's like, Dauber has my back on all of it, if not encouraging with his own ideas of, of what we want to represent and how we want to act. And he's like, this is this is our story, and this is our, our band, and these are our dynamics, and we are going to speak up for them, and this song means a lot to us. So let's cover it. And it's like, yeah, we're going to do it. That if it isolates people then or polarizes people, then those are the wrong kind of people to be orbiting us in the first place because it shouldn't. So we didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have backlash about the song. We've had backlash about other statements or other things that I've like posted or said in regards to like my opinion on things. Mm-hmm. But not about that song. I feel like that song is it's an incredibly protected song copyright wise for a reason. But it's also like you know, you can't deny the history of that song and the history of of lynchings and what that speaks on in America. It's like there's no denying any of that. So we stand we stand by what what we feel and where where we stand on these issues and we're going to reflect it in the music that we choose to make and the music that we choose to like revere because that's that's what we live like that's what we do 
like this is who we are. Badass. Here is a fruit for the cross to plant. For the rain to gather. For the wind to sound. For the sun. That, of course, was some of Strange Fruit performed by Oceans of Slumber. I'll have more with Cammy shortly, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Sharon Den Adele from Within Temptation discusses her heavy origins. My first band? You mean I was in myself? Yeah, uh, the first time that you were like decided, hey, I'm, this band has a name, we're going to start making music, whether it worked out or not. Oh, um, well, I was uh, in a cover band when I was 14. I came from, uh, I went to music school and for, there was first, for the first time we had this project called How to Be in a Band, which was kind of revolutionary hmm. because um, <clears throat> when I wanted to, I wa- always, all my life I wanted to sing. I wanted to be the only passion I really had. And um, my parents were said, yeah, you can go to music school, but then you have to le- learn the flute. You have to learn to read notes and stuff like that. And I hated it, so I never wanted to do that. And um, then all of a sudden, after years, when I turned 14, all of a sudden I heard about this project. They started at music school, and they said, okay, how to be in a band. So if you want to play bass, then I'm going to learn your favorite uh, bass parts on, uh, you know, from the, your favorite songs. And um, so I went there and I remember being on my bike going there. It's like, if I don't do this now, I, I will never be in a band. And it was so important moment for me in time because I was a kind of a shy person. Um, and I felt like, you know, especially in, in, the, in the, I grew up in a small village and um, we have a saying here in the Netherlands, everybody who is, you know, act normal because if you're acting normal, then you're already weird enough. People always try to be, uh, don't want to stand out from the crowd because they're, they're a bit afraid to be different. And that's something that, you know, I was afraid if I would say I wanted to sing, that people would not, you know, would be making fun of me of that. And so I felt like, okay, I'm just going to say I want to play keyboards. So I came there and I said, yeah, what, what would you like to learn, Sharon? So I said, oh, I'll play keyboards. And I thought, you know, it was the first thing that came in mind. It was the only option I still was left because all the others, all the other instruments were already taken. So uh, after a few weeks, um, I had put all these notes, like where to put my hands so I could play along because I was totally not interested to to learn anything. But I was really hoping that somebody would say, and does anybody want to sing? And eventually somebody said, like, who would like to sing? And uh, nobody raised their hands and said, ah, you know, I'll do it if nobody wants. (laughs) (laughs) So casual about it. Yeah, exactly. Very casually. But I was like, oh, I was doing a dance inside. And they said, like, a few weeks later, after that again, they said, like, okay, if you get those keys, if you get the keyboards, you're only allowed to sing. And uh, some older guys who were already uh, doing this uh, uh, this project, uh, program for a few years, they were 19 and I was 14, and they said, Sharon, would you like to join our band? Uh, we want to start a band, and uh, maybe you would like to come and sing for, with us. And 
said, oh, that would be cool. So we rented the place nearby in the studio. And because there was a recording studio very close by for the local radio stations. And we were allowed to rehearse there. And um, so we were thinking of a name. And the first name that came up was Karoshi, which apparently means uh, like a kamikaze kind of person in a... Uh, in Japan, you know, it's like uh, in, in those airplanes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this kind of, kind of, uh, that, that sounds very uh, harsh, actually. So I don't really like that name. And then we finally came to Kashiro, <laughs> which doesn't mean anything, but I think it's, uh, it was the reverse of a word or something. I don't know. And, uh, but anyway, we liked it. And so, okay, we'll, we'll, it will stand out from, from all the other bands. Kashiro, nobody, you know, is, is kind of a silly or strange name. So it will pop up and, stand out more or less and we played uh, rock and blues uh, covers first and I did that for five years until I met Robert and I wanted to write my own music and the guys in the band that I was with the cover band well they didn't want to play new music or they didn't want to explore to write to write new songs and when I met Robert we said like okay let's start a band together and uh, that's how it happened that we started with invitation he was already in a band called the circle which was similar to with invitation and uh, yeah so that's more or less how I came to, that's already when I started with Robert's Wood Invitation, actually. Within Temptation recently released the single Entertain You via Spine Farm Records. You can find the track on all your digital media outlets and hear all about the song in the last episode of Far Beyond Metal. Then, of course, for more info on the band, head to within-temptation.com. Now, before I wrap my conversation with Cammie Gilbert from Oceans of Slumber, here are some of the title track from the 2016 album Winter. So jarringly changed subjects, but uh, I, I had a couple. I almost feel bad because I, I well, I pulled this from your Instagram. Um, in your your like bio, it says that you are a bone collector. What is exactly is that exactly what it sounds like? You are. are yeah. You, did you fancy being like a paleontologist when you were a kid, and then no. like because you saw dinosaurs? Like what's what goes into your bone collection thing? Uh, it's more like like coming across a dead thing oh, okay um <laughs> yeah say like paleontologist gives it a lot more air of sophistication than, <laughs> than the, how i've gotten my collection now um i i mean i i love it's i feel like the different it's vulture 
vulture culture versus paleontology. Okay. <laughs> and so it's more like, oh, look at that dead rabbit, and then put it in an ant pile, and now I have a rabbit skull. Um, huh, I never really thought of that. <laughs> through family, uh, cow died, and so they stuck the bones out for me, and now I have a full cow skeleton. Um, we you, lost a What do you do cat. with the cow? <laughs> you just, like, have it? Do you play it we, like a xylophone? Well, we got, we've, used it, we've used it in videos. Okay. Um, used it in photo shoots. Um, there's a huge... There's the pelvic, pelvic, pelvis bone. Uh-huh. So it has a real flat side to it. And then there's a shoulder blade that's also really nice. And I was going to have uh, engravings done. And then there's a tattoo artist that we really like. And so I was going to have him paint, kind of uh, paint one of them. So like art, I mean, art stuff. And then they're just around as decor, I guess. So, like, I built a terrarium, so it's, like, layers of soil and rocks, and then I uh, had a little cactus, and then there was a cat skull. And so, it's intermixed amongst the gardening. <laughs> and then at my poor mother's house for a while. <laughs> she started it. She instilled this, like, she's all, I don't know why you collect this stuff, and she's trying to be like, oh, you're so weird. And then the other day, she sends me a video of a water moccasin that the neighbors killed that they cut open to see what it just ate and it's a frog and I'm all you sent me a video of a wriggling snake that you just killed and then you tell me I'm weird and I'm I'm like do you see where I get it from and so she's like well of course I had to keep the head and I'm gonna put it and I was like exactly (laughs) so now you have a snake skull you should take some of these bones I guess a, a kind of a um a, a little dark hobby. But, I mean, the things are dying all around. There's always something between the countryside and here. I mean, animals just die. and I like the reverence of kind of having their, their skulls or their little bones. I make jewelry out of the smaller vertebrae. Um, there's a... Instagram has taught me vulture culture. It's like I'm not alone. I feel so, so included. <laughs> Have you done like a? Have you done like a King Diamond thing where you make a mic stand out of some bones? I don't know if these are real bones, but yours could be real bones. I I certainly could now with the the cow spine. It's huge. That's a good idea. That I will now. Dauber's made. uh, He does metal work, so he's made these really intricate like vines and flowers out of metal, Mm -hmm. and that's been our most current elaborate metal. Or Mike stands, but I know he's he definitely has some ideas and drawings for other ones, so I'll have to have him because that would be badass. It's gonna curve and be all funky. I feel like I can hear the wheels turn right now. That's I awesome. Know, you just spark something. <laughs> cool. Uh, how did you wind up on the new Arion album? So it was it was a little bit of happenstance. We were interviewed in the UK. And the interviewer was friends with Arian, and he was like, is there anything you want me to tell him? And <laughs> Does he throw that out in every like, interview? Well, Dauber, it, it had come up that we were big fans okay. of the uh, Arian albums and stuff. And so he's like, oh, well, he's actually a friend of mine. And Dauber's like, what? And so then he's he's like, you know, I'll, I'll tell him something. And 
So Delbert's like, well, tell him to listen to the new album, because at the time it was The Banished Heart. And then he was like, uh, and if he ever found room for any of us to be on the album in any capacity, like, we would love that. And so he he stuck to his word, and he told Arian about us and me, and Arian listened to the album, and he loved it. He loved he loved The Banished Heart, the song from Banished Heart and the album. And so then he reached out and was all, do you want to be on my album? And I was like, oh my gosh. Which <laughs> I'm still so, like, blown away. I'm like, oh my god. Like, I, when he announced it, I'm all, oh man. Like, I forgot. Because it was a bit of time between going out there and recording and then his announcement. And to sit and not be able to tell people when we're so used to telling everybody everything about what we're doing. I was like, oh, secret, secret. So I had to put it in a place where it's like, I'm not going to let it slip out. So it's buried it deep in my mind. And so then he messaged and was like, I will announce you soon. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. This is amazing. This is incredibly scary. Because <laughs> what a different realm and different figurative universe to be in. No, when he announced it, like, because I follow him on Facebook and your name came up, I went, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Knowing, like, <laughs> his, like, list of people, perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I felt so, I felt so, like, privileged and, and fortunate. Like, I'm, I'm so humbled and the reception and stuff, it's, you know, I, I try and avoid reading comments about stuff because I don't get my feelings hurt. Come on, baby, about all that stuff. <laughs> I was all, you know, like, skim, skim. And people were like, oh, of course. And like you said, and. I mean, that makes me feel really good, and I'm really excited. I think he, he pulled out of me a, a port, like a realm of my singing that I didn't even know was there like that. Like, he, he's, he knew what he wanted, and he's like, I know you can do this, so, like, give me more, and it was all, Ugh. so, okay. And it just, you know, it, it was such an, a wonderful experience and such a, uh, eye-opening experience for what what I was even capable of doing with my voice and to he's a musical genius I mean he knows he knows what he wants and he knows he hears stuff and what you do and takes it even further so it's really exciting and I love the way that he does the games and debut like it's it's so neat to be <laughs> included in it like it's it blows my mind and you're kind of in a comic <laughs> book it sounds like in some way or some yeah, character you're playing yeah, it's a there's a full comic that comes with it, and then there's other surprises. It actually gets announced tomorrow. Ooh. When is this? When will this? This will come out tomorrow morning. Uh, so if he goes Netherlands times, he'll probably beat me on his uh, press release on it, or I'll probably wake up to it. So there's uh, some video that's coming out, and so it's it's really neat. It's really cool what he's done. So that'll be tomorrow sick uh, time. Alrighty. well um what can other than you know get the new record in september what can fans do for oceans of slumber during like this weird time when no one's touring i saw some shirts went up recently um anything else beyond get some merch pre-order stuff yeah definitely the merch and pre-orders i have there's some other shirts that we're gonna add um they're old prints but they're new to the store um we're trying to work out some a European store because we know, you know, the shipping costs obviously hurt uh, for shipping overseas. But 
Follow us on Spotify. That's always a good one. This is the the great evil that is (laughs) online streaming. It's like those, they, they help in the grand scheme of, of broadening how the industry sees us and, and what we can kind of, uh, tour and do in the long run. So I would say aside from the merch and pre-orders, definitely click that follow on Spotify. Wonderful. Such a cool fucking algorithm, but wish they would be better people to work with. I hear Bandcamp's the way to go, but I, I know when you get like bigger labels involved, they don't always like Bandcamp, so I don't know the ins yeah, and outs the of that. Problem, yeah, the problem with Bandcamp is that it like Century Media doesn't use it, and so we, we have no rights to put our music on there. And so that's why only Blue is on there, because mm-hmm. we release Blue. But yeah, that's why Bandcamp we love Bandcamp and, you know, obviously the other bands and stuff are on Bandcamp, but that's why we can't really promote it or it doesn't work to our favor as well. Thanks. Unfortunately, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Uh, I, I like the song I've heard. I look forward to the record. And next time you're out on tour in my general area in the, let's say, Bay Area, California-ish, I'll, I'll be there. So uh, awesome. you have a good rest of your day and, uh, you know, week and whatnot. Thank you, you too. All right, bye. Oceans of Slumber by Oceans of Slumber will be released on September 4th via Century Media Records. They have pre-sales up now over at centurymedia.store. For more on the band, though, head to oceansofslumber.com and facebook.com slash oceansofslumber. Now to bring this episode home, I am recommending the band Poet. Poet are a doom band from Eugene, Oregon that infuse classical elements into their heavy lurching sound. On August 1st, they will release an album called Emily. Emily takes the poetry of Emily Dickinson and and puts it in a doom context across six tracks. It is a hell of a record, and from said record, here is four in its entirety.
Emily by Poet is available for pre-order. You can get your copy now over at poetdoom.bandcamp.com and follow them at facebook.com slash poetdoom. If you want to talk to me, you can head to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. You can also email me at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. I'm on facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal, Twitter underscore farbeyondmetal, Instagram farbeyondmetalpod, and the theme song is Far Beyond Metal. How many times can I say Far Beyond Metal? By the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Sensumita Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.